Well, hello, Elements. How are you guys doing? Glad you guys made it. Someone put a tree there. That is absolutely correct. I wanted to feel like I was in the dentist's office. Anybody love the dentist's office? I do not like the dentist's office. Well, I'm really glad you're here. We have an exciting night. Um, I have the opportunity to bring you a family chat tonight. Does anybody bring fear when your parents ever said, we have to have a family chat? Everybody go to the living room? Some people have fear. But this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a time where I get to share my heart and the vision and the mission of Element City Church, kind of the direction of where we're going. I think it's all important, it's very important for us to know where we are going and why we are going that direction. So tonight we're going to talk about the where and the why. You with me? And I'm going to going, also going to challenge each of us to kind of reflect and be introspective about how and what our role is with Element City Church and what God is calling you as an individual to join Element City Church in the mission and the vision of it being in Midtown Tucson. Because each one of us, even though we think we don't, each one of us plays a unique individual role in his church. And it's vital to all of us that we understand what our individual role is. Last week, Jack did a great job of talking about living a blessed life. We are blessed because Jesus blessed us. And so now our job is to go bless. It talks about we pray and ask for people to come, that puts in our minds that we can, that we can bless and then listen to their concerns and listen to their heart. Then eat with them. Remember Jack said that was the favorite one? Um, it was mine until about six months ago when I got celiacs. And so now it's kind of like food is like, whatever. But I will take you out to eat. And then as you're eating with them and you're spending time with them, finding ways to serve them. Finding little unique ways that only can come from those kind of types of conversations and that kind of uh, meeting. And then as you serve them, you get the chance to earn the right to tell them your story about how Jesus has worked in your life. And then you get to tell them the best story of all is the Jesus story. And so I'm praying that some of you have already had some encounters, that you've already um, heard and of some blessings and you've blessed some others. I would love to hear some of those, how God is working through you, disturbing you and changing the way that you think and opening up some opportunities for you to bless, because we are blessed. I want the blessed way of life to be part of our DNA here at Element City Church. I want it to be so much a part of us that it's not just something we remind ourselves that we have to do, but it's something we become. It's something that we become. That blessing people and blessing people around us is just something that we do instead of something we have to check our phone to remind us to do. Elements City Church exists to bring the hope and the light of Jesus to the heart of the city. Bring the hope and the light of Jesus to the heart of the city. That's where we're going. That's the mountain range off in the distance that we're marching towards, that we're looking to do. Is that going to happen tomorrow in completeness? Are, are we going to reach all Tucson 
with the hope and light of Jesus. No, but that's what we're aspiring to do. We're aspiring to be a church that's bringing massive impact of hope and light. And how we do that is we invite people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. When we tell the story about how Jesus saved us and we get to walk people to Jesus, he gives life. And that's where that life-changing piece. And then the rest of it, is he's constantly changing us. Remember several months ago we did the change series, the changed heart, changed mind, changed relationships. Because Jesus, when we interact with him and we have a relationship with him, he changes us. So let's unpack the vision and the mission a little bit so that we can kind of give you some context of where we're at. If, uh, if you're using version, uh, we're going to be in Romans 15, 13. If you're in your normal Bible... You're in Romans 15, 13. Very interesting. If you're using the version and you did, uh, if you subscribe to the verse of the day, uh, I had no idea when I looked at the, my phone today when I was at breakfast that the verse of the day on version was Romans 15, 13. And God just spoke to me almost, I was almost, I was choked up. I was like, he's like, I got you. This is, this is what I want. I want, I want this said. So let's read 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me read it again because I'm a little slow and I need to absorb that. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I love this verse. I know you, maybe the first time you've just heard it, or maybe you've read it in the past, but you know what I love about this verse? The directions are there. Everything is in this verse. This verse says, it is so cool. It tells you who God is. He's the God of hope. It tells you what he will do. He will fill you with all joy and peace. He tells you what to do. Simple, trust him. Tells you what will happen. You may overflow with hope. Tells you how it will happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul's prayer here was that it was to fill us with the joy and the peace if we trust in him. To fill us with joy and peace if we just trust in him. This should be the normal state of all Christians, is what it's saying is we should be overflow. We should be just flowing with peace and joy. Not just perfect people, or the people you think that have all together, or the believers, or the pastors, or the staff, but all. That's what it says, but all. But many of us, definitely many of us in this world, feel hopeless, not full of hope. So let's just define hopelessness. 
Hopelessness, and I'm going to read the definition so I get it very clear. Having no expectation of good or of success. No remedy or cure. Incapable of redemption or improvement. Desperate. Incapable of a solution. Management or accomplishment. Also known as impossible. How many people turned on the news today or watched it last night or seen it sometime this week? I try to stay away from the news. Is there any paper readers out there? Is they make papers anymore? You will see plenty of hopelessness in the media. Agreed? Look around the church. Look it to their left. Look it to their right. Look down the street at the corners, at the bus stops. Anywhere you look, there's evidence and examples of hopelessness. This area around where we sit right now is literally dying. And falling under the darkness of the enemy. There are so many destructive patterns of generational sin, addiction, homelessness, poverty, domestic violence, child abuse, hunger, aloneness, and on and on and on. We cannot abandon this part of the city by moving farther and farther and farther away. We must be the church that God intended us to be. Sharing his good news and the hope to a hurting community. Elements exist to bring the hope and the light of Jesus to the heart of the city. What's the opposite of darkness? That's a question. Light, right? Again, read the news, watch videos on social media, and you'll really get excited. There's a darkness all around us in our digital stuff, in our worlds, in our workplaces. There are things that are happening that are pure evil. Things that are happening overseas with refugees and things that are genocides and things that are happening are just pure evil. Pure evil. But you know what's sad? None of this is new. Do you think Jesus had people that were killing each other? Look at the Bible. Look at through the Israelites. Look at, look at throughout history. It may take different shapes or different forms, but it's still evil. It still happens. And you know what the promise is? None of this is bigger than our God. None of what goes on on a daily basis, evil in this world is not bigger than our God. So turn with me to Matthew 5, 14. Matthew 5, 14. 
We're going to jump around a little bit tonight, and I think this is our last jump, maybe one more. Matthew 5.15 is right in the middle of the Bible, first book in the New Testament. 5.14. I love this verse too. Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light up a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Reminds me of a song when I was actually over in this building right behind us. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Right? Don't let it do what? Yeah, go out. Don't put a basket in it. There's so many. There's like 16 different ways you can sing it. And as a kid, I loved it. But that has stuck with me. God is saying, walk. In Ephesians, God is saying, walk as children of the light. Jesus is light. That is one of his descriptors. He is light. We need to walk with him. You know what's really cool? It's, not, it, it's kind of interesting. I shouldn't say cool. But the darker the world gets around us, the brighter the light can be. Sit on that for a second. If you're complaining about your world around you and it's dark, guess what? Your light's going to be bright if you're showing it. This is not a time to despair or lose hope. This is a time for God's people to engage and shine and bring the hope of Jesus in blessing people in dark places where they have no hope. No amends in that? Nobody agrees with that? You guys can talk. It's okay. Remember, elements exist to bring the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city. We uh, put a screen up, if you see this, the picture on the screen right now. It's a picture by zip code. Every little white line is a, is a zip code. Um, if you see the graph on the, there's a graph that we didn't put in so you could see the piece. Um, the lighter colors to darker colors. The darkest Sections that you see are the most dangerous zip codes to live in in Tucson. Meaning dangerous, meaning most crime, most addiction reported, crimes that are killed, people that are coming out, dangerous reports, all that kind of stuff. Most robberies, all that. Those are some dark areas. Do you see where we sit right now? Physically right now, you see where we sit with that arrow? It's not light, is it? The darkness has taken over sections of Midtown and Tucson. Most of us, I did just some in the database and I pulled some addresses just randomly. Guess where a lot of us live? In some of those lighter areas. It's not bad. It doesn't mean that we can ignore what's going on 
in the areas around us. We don't have to go to a foreign country to go on a missions trip. We have a mission field right in our backyard. And you know what? It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us collectively as Element City Church to push back the darkness in this area. Someone has to stand up and say, enough. We are called to bring hope and light, and that's exciting. Thinking about that, being a light bearer, bringing hope. But guess what? Not all of us in this room and that is associated with Element City Church live in hope and light. Because we cannot give away what we don't have. We can't give away of something we don't possess. If you don't have the hope of, in light of Jesus and you're not overflowing with his hope, how do you shine? If you're not overflowing, how do you give it to someone else? Well, the dentist's office always has these wonderful trees right here, right? Right? You see the tree? Everybody see the tree? You're good. All right. Guess what? What if I told you this tree was alive and thriving and it was going to deliver a bushel of lemons next month? Hmm. You would think, Brian's cray-cray. It, it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like a fruit tree. It doesn't have soil. It doesn't have water. It, it doesn't have evidence of that it's going to bear fruit. It's even got Christmas lights on it. That's a warming thing for the lemons. But I'm telling you, it's alive. I'm telling you it's alive. I've labeled it alive. I'm saying it's alive. It's alive. Really? Who wants a dead tree? But isn't that how some Christians live? They say that they're followers of Christ. They say that they love Jesus, but what we show the world is a dead tree, a dead life. We don't show them the hope and the light, and we don't share the good news of who Jesus is. Why? Would they want our Jesus if we're going around like dead trees? We say one thing, but act another way. It doesn't add up in the world. It's alive, right? It's alive? 
We are trying not to fill this building with more people just to have bigger numbers or to make our reputation bigger. The last thing we need is another big church with a bunch of dead trees. We don't need that. One of my favorite pastors I follow a lot is Greg Rochelle. He says, we're not building churches. We're building heaven. And that's what I want Element City Church to be, is we're not just putting butts in the seats or collecting, a, collecting an offering or doing here and that. We are part. We are part. You are part of building heaven in the area that we've been given. Does that not excite anybody? We don't need to be successful. We need to be fruitful. No, that was my insulin pump saying that I was, my sugar's high. We don't need to be successful. We need to be fruitful. A body of believers who will live a life overflowing with hope and light and sharing the good news of who Jesus is. That's what we need to be about. Being fruitful is more important than being successful. Being fruitful is being way, be, way better than being successful. At Elements... We don't do membership. We're not a club. We're not a gym. Some people have called us a cult. It is what it is. But we are asking you to consider partnering with us. Become yearly partners who own their faith, who own their relationship with Jesus, who own being a part of this church. Most of you got a card as you came in. Grab it real quick. If you didn't get a card, the guys in the back will run you one. Just put your hand up and they'll get you one. And if you've already done some pre-reading, shame on you. No, just joking. It's good. Mine's bigger because my eyes don't work as well. Everybody got one? Cool. As owner partners, um, we, these are some things that we are asking you to commit to. Yes, I know I said the word commit. Some of you younger generation or some of you other people are like, uh-oh, that makes my skin crawl. You said the word commit. And all the guys, the young single guys in the room were like, ah, But commitment is necessary in life. Commitment is necessary. It can be scary, but it's serious. And we're going to be talking today about eternal life and the area around us that is dying and how we can do that by just committing to a few things, some few habits and things that over the years have proven to see and build your faith. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time going over this um, take some notes on it, um, and I'll explain it as we go.
We have to own our walk with Christ. We cannot just expect to be the same person we are in Christ that we are a year ago. We need to be able to make progress. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. So the first one is we own our relationship with Christ. We can stay spiritual babies waiting to be fed. In Ephesians 4.13, that first says, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, be blown here and there by every wind and teaching. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. That verse is saying, back to the tree, I can pick this thing up, right? I could chuck it off the stage if I needed to. But when you're rooted and grounded in Christ, you can't be moved. You can't be shaken. The winds will come. Life will happen. This does not guarantee an easy life. But what it does, remember, is being anchored. A relationship with Jesus anchors us so that we can't just get blown away. The commitments there are, I will commit to reading my Bible consistently. That's the, one of the best ways to get to know who Jesus is, is to get in your word, read a new version, read a reading plan, get scripture going through your heart and through your head. The next one is, I will commit to pray more, having continual conversations with God. You may pray now, but remember, it's not against, it's not perfection we're going for, it's progress. What can you, how can you take your prayer life to another level? How can you continually have conversations with God? Third one, I will commit to joining an e-group or a huddle to help grow my faith. The other way, strong thing that grows people's faith is being in community. If you just come every Sunday and leave every Sunday and you don't get to know anybody or you don't have community throughout the week, when rough stuff happens, when death happens, losses of cars, you lose your job, you lose your apartment, divorce, anything happens, it helps when there's a community around you to support because it gets tiring. Life can beat us down. And e-groups, 8 to 12 people that meet throughout the week are supporting, they're going through Bible studies and they're just supporting each other, living life together. And if you're in one, awesome. If you'd like to lead one, we'll show you and give you some people to lead. If you've never been a part of one, we're going to have some fun. Huddles. Huddles are a little bit more intense. They're same gender. They're people that have known Jesus for a little while. They're just looking for some accountability, some more help in understanding, hey, you know what? I'm struggling right here. I'm plateaued. I, I haven't quite got there yet. Hey, can you come along? It's usually two or three people coming together and saying, hey, we're going to meet on a regular basis and we're going to look at God's word. What is you doing? What is God asking you to do? And how can we help you do it as a group of people? That's a huddle. We're going to be doing some trainings of those. There's a little commercial. We're going to be doing some trainings in those in the next couple weeks. Um, actually, months, not weeks. Um, and so as you hear that, if God's telling you right now that you want to be, need to be a part of those, which I'm telling you you need to be a part of those, um, and hopefully God's telling you and pulling on your heart, um, step over the fear, be courageous, and do it. Because 
I can't tell you without a community, um, the stuff that we've went through over the last year with all the medical stuff that we've gone through and all this stuff, how we would survive. So it's huge. The next one, we own that we have a part in serving others in our homes, church, neighborhoods, and communities. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift for, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Every single one of you has something to give. Sometimes we limit it, but God has created you to give. And he's created you with a gift. If you believe in Jesus, he gives you a gift. And you have talents. And I can look over all of you and, and I can see the greatness in every one of you. Guess what also helps in, in giving light and hope? The greatness that God's given you and putting it on display because the master loves to see his masterpieces being used. The challenge there is I commit to serving one time a month at church. You're like, huh, well, sometimes I only come twice, so how is I only going to do it once? Just joking. We're asking everybody whether you um, want to serve one time a month. Serving brings us closer to the heart of God. And it also brings us, as we all are in this together, it shares the load and it helps people experience Jesus. And when you serve, your relationship with Jesus goes to a whole nother way. Another one, I commit to volunteering at least once a quarter with one of our community outreach partners. We had a blast yesterday. There was 200 people in line at Catalina High School outside the gate, and we served 10,000 pounds of food to them in an hour and a half. That's giving hope and light. But we're not done. They need to know Jesus. We're just meeting their physical needs now, but we need an army of people praying for people. We need an army of people saying hello, greeting them, meeting to where they are, listening to where they are. That's just one opportunity. We have schools that we, we partner with. John B. Wright, Catalina. I think it's some astronomical, 48 different languages are spoken at Catalina. That's diverse. There's things that you can do on a regular basis with them. How we can support the teachers, how we can support the special ed department, how we can support the refugees there. There's things for you to do to step outside your comfort zone and trust him so he can build your faith. So once a quarter, so how many quarters are there? That's not bad. It's fun. I will commit to exploring my spiritual gifts. If you've come to know Jesus and you are following Jesus, he's given you a gift. Sometimes it's, it's, it's like, I don't know what that is. I have no idea. Well, you're going to commit to trying to figure that out. We may not figure it out right away, but we're going to be offering some environments where you to, to take some tests and, and have some conversations and so that you can start to figure out, okay, this is how God's created me and that's how I can serve. So that's a commitment there. The next one is we own that we must share our faith. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore, and you know what the Bible says about therefore, you better pay attention to what's coming next. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's That's a command that he gives us. To go make disciples. I want Element City Church to be full of disciples that are discipling people and making disciple makers so that we can bring the light and the hope of Jesus to Tucson, one relationship at a time. We don't have to do these massive programs. We don't have to be a thousand people. But if we take a little bit of energy and a little bit of time and we surrender to who God is, he is going to do some amazing things with the people around us. Those commitments are, I commit to invite people to church, dinner, an event, or a relationship with Christ. I may have to change that one because this is what I'm thinking. God's really convicted me that the American church is lazy. We do this, and I'm not saying you guys do this, but I'm saying I'm speaking very general. Our game, or what we try to do, is get people to church. Which that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Don't, don't hear me say that. It's a bad thing. But we try to get people to church instead of inviting people into our life. We say, hey, show up here, throw the grenade and run. Because we don't want to get rejected. We don't want the fear of the, 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 what's going on. So we just do that. So I might change the... I might add, into your life, church, dinner, event, relationship with Christ. Be the person that you want to be. Bless somebody. Commit to doing that. Commit to learn how to share my story of faith. If you have a story and it's been forever, go back. Let your mind go back and let God remind you of what that story was. What was it before Jesus? What was it? How is it now? And what, is it, what has it been? And be able to be ready to tell it. The next is, we own that we are a church and our commitment to being the church. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of God and the good news about Christ. Then, whenever I come and see you again, only, and only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together in one spirit, in one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. And these three commitments are a commitment to consistently attending Element City Church and calling it your church home. Dig some roots. Come get fed. Come serve. Come invite. Come grow. I commit to praying for my church, the leaders, Thank you, I need it every day, every second. And the people that are here and the people that are yet to be here. Prayer is powerful. I commit to increasing my tithe, whatever amount God is placing on my heart. It takes real money to do real ministry. You've heard Jack say that, you've heard I say that. But it's not just, we're not just here collecting money. We're not a bank. We're not going out and doing this stuff. It's about you and your relationship with Jesus. That's a discipline as between you and God. 
There's some of you in this room that have never experienced the blessing of giving and then seeing how God brings back multiple fold in your life. And I want to I challenge you to try it. Try it. Pray and say, God, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to give? And then be courageous and say, really, that's that many zeros? But also, it's not just our money. It's our time. It's our treasures. And it's our experiences and our commitment. Those are all have value. And if we hold those back, and if we withhold those, then we don't. We don't get to experience the blessing, and we rob other people of our blessings. And this is the last scripture. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly also will reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so, that's basically our lives. Let's be a church that's bringing hope and light but being generous with what God's given us. So you have a couple options. You just walked in the door, you had no idea you were going to get something in your, your hands, and I want you, if you're moved and you say, you know what, I'm going to partner for a year. I can, I'm, going to, I'm going to make these commitments part of, my, part of who I am, and I want to do this. You can sign your name, date it, and you can drop it in the box, or you can put it, actually just do drop it in the box. If you were like, I don't know about this. That dude's crazy. He's talking about dead trees. Pray about it. And you can put it in the box in the next several weeks, months, or when God's moved your heart, that you say, hey, this is where I'm going to engage. This is where I'm going to call home. You're still welcome to come. You're still welcome to participate. But you're saying, you know what? I want to take my relationship with Jesus, and I want to... I wanna dig deep roots here at Element City Church. And that's what that signature means. And you can do that. No pressure there. And if you have questions, Jack and I can answer those. Um, we'd love to, to figure out where you're at and how we can help and what God's moving. In closing, when we all get to heaven, God's not going to ask how big our church was. He's not going to ask if we've had great music or even a great sermon. He's going to ask us if we went and made disciples and if we were fruitful. In order to be fruitful, it's going to take all of us. It can't just be one or two of us. Sure, we can do it with a handful the light shining through 30 to 40 people is really, really powerful. It's really powerful. But imagine his light shining through us, through every single one of us. Imagine the heaven impact 
that would have. Imagine the heaven impact if all of us said, yes, I'm in, I own this, I'm going to own my faith, and I'm going to see the hope and light explode in Tucson. We're all better together. We have to do this together. It can't just be me, it just can't be Jack, it just can't be our staff. You are the most vital part of the church. Your individual contribution makes things happen in the church. Our answer to a lost and hurting and dark world is to bring the hope and to shine the light of Jesus wherever we go. Is living out the blessed way of life. It's inviting people into a relationship with Jesus. It's inviting them to your life. It's inviting them to church. It's connecting them to you, connecting them to the Savior, and connecting them to the community around. And serve them. People are in our past for a reason. Let's invite, let's connect, and let's serve them how Jesus is leading us to do. And each one of us needs to own our faith. We can't be a dead church. We can't be saying, hey, we're alive. We want to be fruitful. We want to do all this stuff. And they shake us and we snap and we're dead. We are alive because Jesus brings life to us. But we have to surrender to it. We have to ask and say, Jesus, come in. Come into my heart. Come into my life. We have to repent if we have not followed him. But our point and our vision, where we're going, is we want to bring the hope and the light to Jesus. And final, final, final point. It is not about perfection. It is about progress. It's taking one step until you can take another and taking another until you can take another. It's not about perfection. The enemy wants you to say, well, you're not perfect enough. You're not good enough. But that's not what we're about. And that's not what Jesus is about. It's about progress. Were you better than you were last year? Did you pray more? Did you serve more? Did you love more? We do communion every night that we meet. They're down on the left or right, gluten-free is on the left. And so I, before you get up quickly as a habit of a reaction, just go do that. I want you to just sit for a second. And I want you just to think about the words that you've heard, the hopelessness that you see, and, and just say, God, where do you want me? And then go take communion because that is the sacrifice that he's given us. He loved us so much. God loved us so much that he gave his only son. Died on the cross and the the juice and the bread is a reminder of that sacrifice that we are so unworthy of. But he loves us as much. And so he did that. Heavenly Father, Lord, let those words be pleasing to you. Lord, I just love you. And I love the the people of Midtown Tucson. And I want to see the hope and the light 
of you just exploding in your glory just be all over Tucson. That those colors on that map will change because God's people said, not today. Lord, because they're owning their faith. They're owning who they are. Lord, I thank you so much that you died for us, that you love us. And Lord, we just need to surrender to you. We just need to surrender our ideas, our thoughts, our plans, our postures, and let you run with what we have. In Jesus' name.